Greetings, loyalists and heretics. Welcome to Iron and Ceramite, where we once again enter the warp without an astropath. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Iron and Ceramite podcast. My name is John, and today I'm joined by Shane. Hello. And Dave. Hi, guys. Hello, guys. Long time no see. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's been so long that the wash has gone round and this is clean again. Oh, yeah, me too. Fresh <laughs> well, no, actually, that stinks. <laughs> hmm. Oh, no, do you know what? The only thing I didn't mention on the last, a week ago, was oh, that I finished Mechanicum, finally. Ah, well done. Um, Very good work. Yes. So I was just working it out as well before we started recording. So that's book nine. So I, when I first read the, the nine books that I've read twice now, I read them in four and a half months. It's taken me 13 months to read them again and make <laughs> probably, I'd say, 800 pages of notes. <laughs> I was going to say, and what, on average, four videos per book? On average, yeah. And Mechanicum's going to be, I don't know. I know we said part three might do in one, but I don't know. <laughs> might be This might be a seven part, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, it happens. It happens. You get stuck into it. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of detail. Yeah. But I have read the first couple of pages of Blood Games oh. in Tales of Heresy, yes. Oh, well, of course. Well, what I was gonna, that's where we need to get the, uh, obviously, uh, Dave and the, and the other members of uh, Iron and Terramite involved, because that, the Tales of Heresy, that, that's the first compilation book. It's, uh, it's nice yeah. and easy. They're short. Yeah. Well, they're like, yeah, about 60 pages a story. So I know. That well, sounds too much for me. <laughs> Although we, 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 I was going to say, we never, we, we've never done, is it 15 hours? No, we haven't. Which we, and, we, we, I'm going to have to read that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so alive. Yeah. I have four pages of notes for 15 hours when we first said we were going to do it. And then I was like, but now I'm falling behind on, I think that was when we were still doing Descent of Angels. I, it was right back in it. And I yeah. was like, right, I better read this so that we can do it. And I read it. Yeah, because you all nagged at me for fucking ages and I read it all and I read it in a few days Yeah, and then nothing ever fucking came of it. It's, it's, it's a good book. Like, yeah, it is I'll, a really I'll good book. It, again, it is. But it's yeah. like, yeah, got to record it. If we're going to, yeah. but I'm not going to read it again if we're not going to record it. <laughs> no, I think we need to do, oh, we need to do the rest of the, I don't, I don't know when we're going to do it. We've also got Marnius Calgar, the comic, which we haven't done. Yeah, that's all, that's all ready to go. Tom's still got my comics. I've got his, um, um, first few Warhammer monthlies. Oh, nice! I was going to also do a series on um, which I've read and really enjoyed. Um, but again, it's just a case of I need to get because he's got like all of them. I need to get the next lot off of them. He got them on eBay, right? They're the uh, the eBay buy, right? Yeah, he got them for an absolute steal, I think. And yeah, uh, they're exactly. they're brilliant, like really old style comics, um, like the old like. If you've read them, they're great. And there's different stories in them, some fantasy and some 40K, like really old school 40K stuff. They're really, they're, some of it's quite cheesy, but the stories are good. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very jealous of that, 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 yeah. that, that eBay buy you got. It's, uh, yeah, a treasure trove. I've been sitting on them for ages, and I've got the good old PowerPoints of our, the Island Ceramite specials. They're all ready to go. <laughs> it's just getting around to doing it. And... Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if Tom's finished it. And now I've got the Sisters of Battle comics. I've got the first four 
no, first three here that I need to read because it's all good stuff. It's just getting around to doing it, isn't it? It's too much content. I've got like my um, the the new edition of White Dwarf turned up on the doorstep today as well. Um, oh yeah, there, there's some good stuff in there. Like, as I said, nothing is not quite as good as last month's one, but um, I think it's uh, some some of the Eldar or the new Eldari uh, uh, cards in there. So yeah. uh, for, for the secondary missions and stuff like that, if you're running those, and uh, a nice little battle report. So I. I don't know whether I'll do a review of, uh, of this one like I did last month, but um, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's another good 40k uh, version of, of, of White Dwarf. They tend to swing between 40k and Age of Sigmar, but this one is another one that's quite heavy on 40k. So it's a, it's a good, good, a good addition. That was a good, uh, a good little video you did. It was so good. Tom went out and bought a copy. <laughs> I know, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And then annoyingly, yeah, everyone, he went yeah. out and bought. He he offered to buy us some, and I was, I shouldn't have said yes, but I was pretty drunk. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I want it. I want this thing that I'm never going to read or use. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go and collect that and pay him for that now. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Shane. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it, 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 it's a good, it's a good, it's a good copy. It, it's, a, it's one worth having. Mm. You got yours, Dave, you bought yours up, didn't you? Um, yeah, I've got mine, and I bought the cards to yours when we played the other day. So, um, I've used mine already, or some of mine. So, yeah, yeah well, definitely worth going. It's a very Templar. The last one was very Templar heavy, like the, the War of Faith or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Very, um, yeah, very Templar adjacent. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Exterminatus. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, right, cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, the we'll, <laughs> um, so before uh, we we uh, we were talking before we started recording again about playing a few games and stuff, um, and obviously on the last episode we got into um, the points increases, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk a bit about chapter impro- chapter approved and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, probably um, not so, chapter improved, but yeah, chapter approved. Yeah. Uh, a bit like the uh, Bukaki party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so... I, can't, I can't wait for that paint to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to just say, Shane, for um, those uh, uninitiated, what is um, not a Bukaki party? What is chapter approved, and how yeah. does that all work? Yeah, it's so a chapter approved. Um, so it, it's the uh, well for a good couple of years now. It's it's basically what uh games workshop release for the tournament scene um so it's it normally will coincide after you know the launch of the core book so we had the indominus that had the new core rule book for for this edition um that in it you get the open war missions and then you will get chapter approved shortly afterwards that will include um additional missions additional secondaries uh, additional rules that you can you can add on top uh, to play the game, as well as um, points uh, changes, points changes for your units and your armies. Now, if you're a player that doesn't play in the tournaments, you might never come across it because um, you know it, it doesn't matter. Especially back in the day where you know internet changes, like the updates to apps and stuff like that didn't happen, you would be building your lists on pen and paper. Um, it would all be core rule book, and then if you actually you know, went to tournaments and stuff like that, you would buy chapter approved, you would buy these additional 
points increases or decreases via via these additional books. Um, normally, it's one chapter approved per year. So it updates every year for the tournament scene, uh, points changes, as well as secondaries and 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 new mission mission types. Um, this year uh, is the first time that I think Warhammer or, or Games Workshop are going to they're moving to a bit more of a um, uh, to use a computer game parlance DLC. Mm. So whereas before it was just called chapter approved and you would have points changes, um, we moved into uh, the last chapter approved. They included a secondary called um, Octar, uh, yeah, Rod, data because um, <laughs> that was the current flashpoint, as, as GW calls it. So, the, 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 the point in the law where there is a lot of activity happening in. in 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 the uh, 40k universe and now we move on to uh the next one which is the nackmund gauntlet um and so it's chapter approved and you have the uh munitorum points changes um but it's branded as as nackmund whereas previously it was just chapter approved so this is the first time that they've done it this outwardly as i said even last time when it still had octarius data it was still just chapter approved this is the first time that they've gone and branded it like nackmund as as that arena and uh, i believe it's going to be twice a year now that they're going to be releasing this um as a kind of dlc update now for those of you that play tournament it's a must buy you you have to have it because that's what the tournament scene is going to be following for those that play at uh, hobby clubs or like like we do, just a, just a group of friends, it's more of a add on that you can have. You don't have to have, and like like the open war um, deck that, that that we use as well, like that gets updated again. The open war tends to get updated um, per edition, mm. um, whereas they seem to be making these updates more and more regularly, which is why there there is that that drive i suppose within the community to make it more digital because especially in the last update um the, the grand tournament uh chapter approved is it's a very very slim addition compared to previous years it's like previous years you'd have the core rules you'd have various bits and pieces in it so you take your little pamphlet um but it would have the core rules you wouldn't have to lug the core book around with you as well um and it was the same cost this year, it's just the mission packs, not the core rules. So you're still having to have your big core book plus this additional um, uh, grand tournament pack plus, if you want it as well, the points changes. The points changes that that that's that's you would never buy this for the points changes because it that's all digital now anyway. If you've subscribed to the Warhammer app, that's updated. Other sources of uh list building like battle scribe like other places like that they're updated very close afterwards as well so you don't really need to buy a chapter approved for the points updates it's really for the mission packs um and the mission packs themselves are really really good like there are some new bits and pieces in there there are some updates to how retrieving data works that that's really worthwhile and valuable is it worth the amount that gw is putting on it 
I mean, that's a debate that's all over comment sections and, and you know, um, blogs, YouTube channels, everywhere. So we don't need to necessarily go into that. Um, but um, I, what, I, what I would say is that the mission packs themselves, the missions are, I think, are a real improvement and are something that I'm really looking forward to playing. Um, I think the points changes we, we talked about in the last uh, pod very quickly, but it's one of the tools that GW has to make sure that they're able to, you know, push models that maybe people aren't using as much. Selfishly, I'm all good with the points changes because it's been great for Necrons. It's okay for Space Wolves, and it hasn't changed for Thousand Suns. So, good for me. <laughs> but I know, I know, I know for Death Guard, it's uh, you know, it's been a mixed bag. Yeah, it's yeah, like we say, they're obviously the tournament scene seems to be um, demon engines. Um, so blight haulers and plague burst crawlers are a little bit cheaper. Plague marines, I think. I, I think the biggest complaint is the fact that poxwalks have gone up at one point, mm. terminators have gone up a couple of points, and the power blight's moving up fifteen. If you play that, it's a bit of a pain. I think if they had taken some points off of plague marines, then no one would really be complaining too much because it would balance it out. Because yeah. plague marines, I, I think personally, I their their obsecs are they're great for that, but they're very easy. Even with disgustingly resilient, they're very easy to clear off the board. Even like when I've had squads of ten, they've not lasted. Once they've got into it, they've not lasted long. Uh, Imperial fists and other sort of um, gun lines are quite good at wiping them off with the right weapons. What's what's the difference in points between a poxwalker and a plague marine? Oh well, po- uh, Plague Marine without anything, I think, is twenty-one points standard before you add anything to it. Mm. I think Poxwalker is obviously six points per Poxwalker. Yeah. Um, and, and Poxwalkers are obsec as well, aren't they? Poxwalkers and Plague is the only thing that we've got are obsec. So, and then normally, so obviously, you can get up to twenty Poxwalkers in a squad and push them up, and they're they're not easy to clear. Like as you know, if you if you get into melee. Like you could get stuck with them the whole game if you're unlucky. Normally not. Normally you can clear them and move on, but they are very good at getting you tied up and <coughs> onto you. Especially if they're charging. If they're charging, they can take a couple of yours out. Yeah. And they a couple of theirs come back. They're just a pain in the arse unit, aren't they? Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's only one point per model," but when you're running, like you say, either ten or twenty poxwalkers, what? When you've got your sort of your list that you've got in your head and yeah. you start adding 10, 20 points per unit, it, it does add up. And it is the way at I first I was lists, thinking it wasn't so bad, but it does really add up with that sort of unit. The, the way I build lists is I, I'll, I'll put all the basics in that I think I want to take, and then I'll normally bump the poxwalkers up to the full 20. Yeah, like, well, I've added this to that, so I'll take a poxwalker off or two poxwalkers off, and that's how you that's how I do it because it's like, well. I need to have poxwalkers on there, a minimum of ten. So any extra poxwalkers I can have as a bonus. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, I said on the last episode, for a thousand points, I end up losing five, and then it was nine hundred ninety-eight points. Fine. But your 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 poxwalkers because they're you can only have a unit of poxwalkers if you've got a unit of bubonic astartes, right? But your yeah. terminators count as bubonic astartes, yeah. right? Yeah, so I can run my if I run two two squads of um, 
uh, Terminators and I have two squads of Pokemon. I was going to say, so there's, there's, there's lists where you would go, rather than taking Plague Marines, you'd just take two blobs of 20 Poxwalkers and two blobs of five. Well, and I, said, and I found Terminators. that I, the way that I play, I've won more games when I don't take Plague Marines. Yeah. I, yeah, because because they're they're not as resilient as you want them to be. They have got some good strats for like um some good things you could spend CP on to make their weapons more improved, but I generally tend to spend my CP on relics or other things like bringing poxwalkers back because they're a pain in the ass and they're harder to kill because you've got that lucky six up and you can bring them back as well if you kill something. Um I probably don't play them the best way. Like like we were talking about before, you could stick a bunch in a, a bu- get a couple of chaos rhinos and stick a load in there and send them up the board. If you've got enough to do it, then then great. But I've only got one rhino and I can't send that up the board, get the get the plague marines out, and then they're going to get killed while everything else is still doing its five up move yeah. across the board. So uh, it's a bit of a pain. Otherwise, I generally think if they had reduced the points of plague marines, then the Death Guard players might not be so vocal with oh they've killed our because on facebook it's so dramatic isn't it it's like, oh they've killed the death guard they've killed the death guard well actually i won the first game with the points change that i played so <laughs> I, I was i was going into it thinking oh i'm fucked but actually there we go so uh yeah there, there are things I, I suppose maybe we've been hit, because we started off so strong it feels like we've been hit the hardest it's taken into account every every yeah. new codex that's come out. Everyone's been improved. Early with, early codex syndrome. That's yeah. you know it's, it's the same with the Necron. Yeah, you know, very early codex. Power creep kicks in. Mm. The the one thing you've got, as I said, the the one thing you've got is that um, early codexes get longer to play with them in this edition. Yeah, like whereas the later codexes, they you know you only get so long. You don't get as long as the others. Mm. Poor Glenn and his Chaos Space Marines. Like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know when that's going to happen, but like you know, he might get a month, and then suddenly there's a new edition. But um, you know, maybe that maybe GW are trolling us, and they'll never give them that second wind. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, maybe yeah. But just remember, like when we first started this at the very start of ninth, and it was Death Guard were top tier, and now they're mid tier. Right, people can play them well. Uh, the the um, Las Vegas Open, I don't think anyone got to the finals. No one got to the finals with Death Guard. There was one, I think there was one Death Guard player who held out pretty well. Wasn't it the Admech resurgence? Was that the uh, what's happened on the, the scene at the moment? Admech, Admech have uh, come back a bit? Admech, after that, yeah. uh... I still have nightmares about that. One game, well, the, the game I played against Glenn's Admech when we were all together. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I, I played the Necrons against him and that that was you know I would say it's a bloodbath, but there was no blood spilt. It was uh, just a load of oil on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. So I don't know if you know Shane, um, but when they bring out a new edition, obviously every edition, I'm assuming everybody gets a new codex, or most people get. Do they do it in the same order, or is it no, just no, no, no? So so it so it changes. It, it it's entirely different each one. So. Um, last edition, so when Ape first came out, there there weren't even any. It, it wasn't like it was as codexes. Effectively, they where they moved from editions, they went right. Here are 
I mean, they're like they were like pamphlets. They were like um, little editions that you would add. So it was, it was really simple. They they kept you know basic rules, um, no real stratagems, as it were. So in in eighth, um, people forget like Overwatch was just a thing. Right. Um, it wasn't a stratagem. Every time someone charged you, you could Overwatch. Like whatever unit was, it didn't matter. You just like that was a standard. Right, I'm charging you. Great, I'm overwatching. Roll your dice, and away you go. It wasn't a stratagem. It was only until ninth that it became a stratagem. Um, so it's, but before that, so eighth was a real slimming down of the rules and a simplification because up to that point, you had like first rogue trader. Then you had second edition, which was the uh, kind of essence of what we all play now. And then it went second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, pretty much all the way through um, with various changes as it went and codexes and stuff like that. But it all led to like rule bloat and just it got it got too much. And then eighth went, right, we're going to simplify it. We're going to keep it really, really simple. And so rather than having codexes at the beginning, it was just lists and uh, like addendums, like like supplements. It was it was much simpler. And then obviously the codexes started coming out, but they kept it simple. Mm. The edition we're in now, because of the nature of the game, uh, simple doesn't work. Like it needs to, it starts simple and then becomes more complicated. And that's part of the you know, part of the, the, I suppose, part of the good thing about the game and also a negative, it needs to start simple to get people in, yeah. but it needs to get complicated because of the balance. So, you know, in the last edition, there were hardly any terrain rules. There used to be terrain rules. I mean, back in the day, it used to be that if you were firing at the back of a dreadnought, you had a better chance of injury than if you were firing at the front of a dreadnought because you had different armor saves depending on whether you were firing at the front or the back of a, a vehicle. <laughs> it's not that complex now, which is much better, but it, there needs to be a certain level of you know, complexity to make the game interesting. Now, Ape was not as complex, and it made it very easy for new players to get into it. Mm. Um, but we're, we're, we've got very complex very quickly in Ninth off the back of going back to basics um and that is because of trying to make you know that they started really strong with the codexes um and then trying to balance the game off the back of those codexes yeah. um and that that's going to continue like by the time we get to the chaos space marine codex god knows what they're going to give them and again a lot of people in the community will be like oh it's broken it's broken but you don't really know until you play yeah. What you're telling me is that they could get their two wounds at the end of ninth, and we go into tenth, and they go back to one wound. Every everyone <laughs> can go back to one wound. They, there could be edifice. Like what what might happen is that we go into tenth, and actually, invulnerable saves are gone. It will, be, it will be that. It, no, no, but it might it might be that type of approach because actually, yeah. Yeah. what happened was what what's happened through this edition is Space Marines went up to two wounds, and then suddenly loads of the weapons do two damage yeah so it's like okay what's the difference why <laughs> why <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. it's like yeah and that's that's why if you still with chaos space marines 
when they charge an attack, if they kill everything, they're they're amazing. They're you know they're great. It's only when they get hit back that they're fucked because they've only got one wound. But like they're they're incredible going forward. Um, it it is that weird balance that they've kind of you know misaligned. They're like right, well, we're going to give everyone two wounds. Now we're going to make all the weapons damage too. But now that negates that. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure everyone's got invulnerable saves. But oh, actually, a four plus invulnerable save is too good. So we're going to add the points to them, so you can't have as many of them. Or we're going to make it five plus invulnerable saves. And then what we're going to do with the psychic characters is we're going to give them a power that turns off invulnerable saves, mm-hmm. and it gets it gets yeah ever more complex, which is the natural <clears throat> way that it will always go. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. It's just the speed at which that complexity ramps up. Mm. And, you know, it took them, I don't know, what, three or four editions last time round for that complexity to get too much and them to go, right, now we need eighth. This time round, we've got eighth, we've got ninth. That complexity is already there. So I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see what tenth brings, but I can imagine it will be a change to things like invulnerable saves and armor saves. Generally, I think I think that's what I would expect to happen when we get to the next edition. There will be something that tries to equalize it to bring balance to the game. I, I could be wrong. Mm. One thing that's just, I, as much as I'm really, I really am into the game. One thing that just confuses me is the fact that. It just seems like it's so disjointed. Why is it all just? Why do they not just go right? All right, well, let, let's leave ninth edition running until let's say twenty twenty four, and then we're in that time we're going to go. I, I know it's I know it's money, but <laughs> I know it's always money in it. But let's just say twenty twenty four, and then we go here. Here comes tenth edition, and then here comes everyone's codex at the same time, and then this. Yes. Rather than this random change, and then why change points mid mid season? It, it it's baffling to go, and then all the I know like FAQs and stuff going. Let's change some wording here because I was everyone looking at it earlier. It's like uh, for I actually looked at the Thousand Suns for your Hellbrute. They've taken out malicious volleys. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know why. Or I don't. I, don't I mean, some some, some of it I get. It's because they 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 write the rules, and so the game that you know part part of the game is you you play the game rules as read, yeah. Right, and and the trouble is is that sometimes you know play testers, uh, as well as when they're you know they're designing it stuff like that, they'll they'll play it, they'll write it, and they'll go right, that makes sense. Everyone has a different interpretation, um, and interpretation mm-hmm. is subjective. Mm. Um, and so they're like, right, actually, too many people are being confused by this. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna change it. We're gonna update that. And then and, and I get that, and that makes sense because the intention is in that case the intention is balanced and is probably pure uh, and makes sense. Um, but it's just people will play it the best way they can for their for their own for their own purposes. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the disjointed nature of it is that. I think the trouble is, is is the GW is stuck in a really difficult difficult position in the published versus digital world, mm. where they're they're almost scared of going digital because they make so much money from the physical, yeah. 
that they're worried that going digital is going to suddenly lose. Like, look at look at us, right? How many books do we all have to play the game from codexes to core books, stuff like that? So we, you know, we've all got the core book. They can still charge to go digital. They can, but it oh, just have to be so much, doesn't it? Absolutely, and 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 what what they will the nervousness so it comes down to business practice right so the nervousness will be we will lose money what will actually happen is they'll be like right so we can't charge 25 quid for the or 50 quid for the core rule book anymore we're only going to be able to charge 20 quid for it but what they will actually find is that more people will buy it 20 quid and less people will pirate it or get it off uh what uh, what warhammerpedia there will be less there will, there will be more goodwill in, in people following and updating and actually paying for things like the app yeah. by going digital. But as a business owner, that's an incredible gamble to take if it goes wrong. Yeah, I know, but the, the production costs would surely go down. Like it must cost them. I don't, know, I don't know. How much does it cost to make print a book rather than just have it done digitally? It must be much cheaper because you ain't got to pay for the physical... Physical, yeah, they do seem to be having this sort of steady walk towards subscription services. Mm. So, could they do it that way as well? I I think that are are you going to follow the the Space Marines? Well, subscribe to it, and every time you get an FAQ, you pay such and such a month, and you get all the FAQs, you get all the new codexes, you just do it that way. Yeah, and I I think that that's that's a sensible way to go. For a lot of people, it'd be shit if you run a lot of armies and you end up paying sixty pound a month to get, stay up to date. With all the no not many running, people do that. It's no different to running six armies now and buying because to yeah. I've got to now because I want to play these other. I've got to buy a Necron Codex. I've got to buy a Space Marine, and I've got to buy an Ultramarine book. So that's three more. That's, that's sixty quid like yeah. already. I, I, and it puts me off. I'd have already bought them if I had the money. If they were a tenner each, I probably would have bought them by now digitally because I'd just have them and I could peruse and work out lists. Just not read them for a few months as well. Well, that's it as well. But then, <laughs> if, they're, if they're digital, you can't change it. <laughs> yeah. But then even on a, a, a boring way, like they're already not a very carbon neutral company because of all the plastic they're pumping out. So at least if you're not cutting down so many trees, then you win over a bit of faith with people, especially in like now where it's, Everyone wants to be carbon neutral and all this sort of stuff. As I said, I, I think some of this is, is coming down to, you know, it, they. It, it's a big company. It's a slow evolution. It's 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 not speed, but so uh, business terms, it's not a startup speedboat that's very easy to turn and change. It's more of an ocean liner. It takes a little bit of time to repoint where they're going. Um, I think they they have to move to digital and whether that is subscription as you've said Dave which probably makes the most sense because they get recurring spend and everyone that's in the hobby is going to keep paying for it and even people that dip in and out are going to come back and pay makes the most sense but for the the olds at the top the the people that have been there you know from the 60s which some of them have you know print and paper is, is what they know, and it's a very nervy world to push them fully digital. I think it it will work for them, and mm. I think it'll actually better 
be better for the business long term. But it's slow steps. And I think they're getting there. I just think it would be better for us in the hobby if they got there quicker. Yeah. And this is the thing. They must get... I, I mean, I imagine they, they don't... The people that matter don't really give a shit. But they must be bored of hearing everyone going, oh, I'm not paying this for this. I'm moaning about the app, moaning about Warhammer Plus. I'm moaning about this, moaning about that. Just... All, all, all the people that care about it, all the guys that make the content, all the people that run the social media, all the people in the stores, yeah. they'll probably say exactly the same things we're, we're saying. They just, you know, they won't because you know, they'll, lose their job. <laughs> they'll get the fintech, yeah. Um, when when we're all getting muted now next week. <laughs> this oh, yeah, well, we're, we're going to cancel. <laughs> uh, Games Workshop cancels Iron and Ceramite. <laughs> <laughs> Is like, are we going to steal all our ideas like they've been doing before? They're listening to us right now. Yeah. Well, suddenly, everything, what a good idea! Everything's <laughs> going to go digital. It's going to be like suddenly, here's all of your ninth edition uh, codexes, <laughs> and for those that want to subscribe early, tenth edition rules. <laughs> <laughs> want to get ahead of the competition? That's it. So, then there wouldn't even. Well, I was going to say, then there wouldn't even need to be additions. Oh, that's the other so it thing. It could be a rolling thing, yeah. A rolling update. The only the, the thing with additions is that they were to sell new armies. Mm. Like if you look at every box set, every edition, it comes with two armies and the the book. Yeah. So Indomitus, this this edition was the Space Marines and and the Necrons, and then mm. before that, it, there was one that was Templar Templars and Eldar, and there was one that was. Mm. The first one was, um, or second edition, was Space Marines and Orcs, and 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 that's it. They, they they've used each edition to sell two armies. Mm. So they could know. still do that, though. They could say they could. Here's, yeah. here's tenth, and what do you have to do? Edition, like what are they doing now? It's like quarterly. We're going to get a new. I can't well, remember what they said. A new the the, the El, Eld, Eldridge Omens that's just mm. come out, which is the uh, Eldar and uh, Chaos. Yeah. And I can see all the Chaos players twitching because they don't have a codex with the Eldar do. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really cruel. Like it feels like now GW just just teasing the Chaos players. <laughs> no. Heresy Never. doesn't pay. Yeah, you're, you're not having a codex. <laughs> the Eldar can, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the Emperor's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Horus isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Your digital NFT of the Emperor. No, no, don't, don't say NFT. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a subscription. Emperor, you can win every game you ever play. <laughs> I think a subscription. What it it would be a really good way to go. I think they could still do their their DLC stuff. They could keep it current, and because I I do really like this idea of the Nackman stuff. I like the idea of the flashpoints and the evolving of the law. Um, have we talked about in previous pods about like the Primaris? And is it a con? Is it a way to progress yeah. it? They yeah. could they could do it through the subscription service and and keep it sort of. I wouldn't say exciting because I think it is exciting to us nerds anyway. But have this breathe a bit of freshness into it. I um, think I think part part of the um, their argument. Their argument against it will always be, well, won't always be, and that's the key thing, is that for a period, and, and this is what it is up to now, they've been like, 
we need to have an offline version for everyone. Mm. So we need that's that's what it's been up yeah. until now. It's been like we need to make sure that everyone can access this hobby. So that's why it's print. That's why it's offline. That's why you've got what you've got. Yeah, there's a lot of ninety-year-old pensioners without any iPads that play Warhammer. I think <laughs> I think I think that's now changing because that's the way it is. And and I I think they need to make a move to do it. I don't think that. Like, I think they should still do like an annual core. Like it could be that the uh, you know annual core book, and that's that's fine for those that never want to go digital for the next couple of years, and then everything else for everyone else is digital. That would that would be my approach to to cover both bases. But the thing is, I don't even mind buying a core rule book with all because it's got nice bit of lore. I haven't read all of it, obviously, because I don't even look at the codex. It doesn't apply to me, but it has got a nice bit of lore in it. And it is a, it's a good book to buy, and I don't mind buying a Death Guard Codex. I don't like the fact that now my Codex that I own physically isn't right. That bugs the hell out of me because it's like if I want to look at something and I've got looking at it, I go, oh, well, that's not even the points now. It's just these little yeah. the little things. I, I don't like the fact that you just change it. When I was going to say though, when was the last? Have you ever built a list? By the points in your book. No, it, it is by Battlescribe because the Games Workshop app is shit. Um, but <laughs> I think they heard you, John. But for, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but argument's sake, I've paid for something. Yes, that's yeah. been written. Yeah. Why the Why the fuck are you changing it? Yeah. Like it doesn't make any. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Like. Yeah. My, I, the army what, I've bought is the army I bought. When it comes to the next edition and it's 10th edition and you go, right, now everything costs different points, fine. But for the, the, the game that I'm physically playing now, it, it confuses me. And, and I, 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 think, me. I think this is, as I said, this is where they're caught between two, two welts, right? Mm. And that's exactly it. It's like back in the day, like when second edition, when I started playing, it, you know, that was it. It, it didn't matter. Like yeah. you had... You had to build your list off the points in the book yeah. because that was it. There was the internet was a burgeoning thing. There were there was no digital update back in my day. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> old old man. Like you had to build it off the the book. Everyone had to have the same book, and that that's what you all built your uh, your points off. And that yeah. there was no mid tier update. You know, it was years between second and third edition and years between codexes. And some some editions didn't even change codexes. Mm. And they, those are the points you, you dealt with. And that, that was the game. I think as we've got to the digital age where they can update points the way they're doing, and they're like, well, this is for the tournament scene, yada, yada, yada. They've not adapted... To the way to the way they need to. Now there could be an argument. You go well. Actually, what you'll get, you know, is we're only going to do points digitally from now on. You, mm. you know, you you can buy a codex, but effectively, what you're buying is new law. Yeah. So that that book yeah. you've got that nice hard, you know, hardback book. It's actually there's nothing in there. Maybe there's some data sheets, but there's no points. All it is is law, and you can buy that if you want it. But actually, the core thing to play the game is the sub- digital subscription. Yeah. Because that's updated and that's always available. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think the, the core book, 
that on on paper is great. The amount of times that I've played a game with um, Tom or, or you, John, and we've had a sort of what we can do it exactly like the other day last week where we played our game and we looked, <laughs> we opened it up and which ended until lunch break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we looked through the rules together and you wouldn't be able to do that in a digital version of a core book. Yeah. I don't think do the same thing. But we both sat there, we looked through the book, we we discussed it, we put it on the group chat because we still weren't sure. Is this, was, <laughs> but, is it, was this the charging through uh, terrain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I um, argue to save some, save some units. I was going to say, I, I, think, I, think, I think you were in trouble there, John. I think you just add, in that instance, I think you add the distance over the... Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is exactly what we did in the end. Um, but I don't think you'd have that chance. Whereas on the core rules, that was... I don't know, you probably wouldn't have that in the tournament since you'd be a bit more um, advanced than me and John. Mm. But it, I find it quite nice to go, while we're still learning, while we're still getting the game and confused about some things, to sit there and go, look, that is what it says, and then have a discussion about it. Yeah, You would lose some of that with the digital version of it, I think. Yeah. So having the core book there, yeah, that, as, as an option. But like the Codex, I mean, I, I love my... Black Templar Codex. It's got a lot of lore in it. I've looked at the data sheets, but I've never used the data sheets in that codex. It's mostly for the lore, the relics, what it contains, and, and learning a bit more about my rules and the strategies. Yeah. And then using the, the, the Battle Scribe, or I don't even have the Warhammer app, if, in all honesty, I'm not even really used that shit. Uh, the Battle Scribe to, to work out what, what lists I'm going to run. So um, I, I think it definitely needs to go in a di- the digital direction but there should be an element of a, of availability should people want it to have that. Yeah, I mean, it would... that collectible stuff or, or the core rules. That that's that's where I think that the point there is exactly it, is that there are they can still have their GW can still have their physical revenue stream without a doubt because as I said, I I will always buy like the space wars codex i might not buy the space marines codex because actually i can get everything i need from the space marines codex digitally but i'll always buy the supplement space wolves because that's what i like i think um like uh, the thing that disappointed me with this chapter approved the last chapter approved and the chapter approved before that you had a scaled down version of the core rules so it was almost like you could take it anywhere with you mm-hmm. and it has everything the same as the hardback core rules, that massive book that we've all got. I love that because it's got loads of stuff in it. But if I'm going to different places to play games, a little slimmed down version with just the core rules is really handy because it's yeah. exactly the same as what we've got printed everywhere else. It's just more convenient. I don't need to lug this massive hardback with all the lore in it, which I love and would buy anyway. Yeah. I've also got this really, you know, slim down, useful version of the rules that I can go, well, you've got your copy. And actually, all it is 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 made smaller. So if I look through my little chapter approved one and say, OK, it's on this page, and this one, and you've got your big core book, you can find it in exactly the same space. Yeah. It was just a really useful thing. But in this edition, they've gone and said, no, we're not going to give you those rules anymore. We're just going to give you the mission pack i think that was a real misstep yeah i mean they can make it so user-friendly as well 
Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest, the biggest gripe with the Warhammer app is it, it doesn't flow very well. The Battlescribe one, you go through it, it tells you exactly what you've got, what you've equipped, what relics you've used. And at the bottom, it tells you all the rules that you're going to need to know. Yeah. So it's very useful. It's not, is incredibly useful. Warhammer could do exactly the same thing and you could have it on the app and you could just go, like, like say, me, me and John were confused the other day about the um, charging over terrain. So we could literally type in charging over terrain and it should come up with something. Warhammer, I'm sure they have the capability of doing something like that where you can just search it and it goes, oh, look, the rules are here and we discuss it and that's it. Problem solved. Rather yeah. than flipping through a book. And it, it, it can make things, because obviously with the tournament scene, it's quick, isn't it? Yeah. You want to get games You've got done two, and, and, two and a half hours and it's on a timer. Yeah. So that sort of thing would be so beneficial to this, just the little nuances and things that people aren't sure about. Because I don't know anything about the Death Guard Codex. I know a fair bit from playing with John, but I don't know everything. I know a fair bit from the Necron ones from playing you, but not everything. And having that, just showing it in, like the, this is what it is, would speed up things as well. Um, so I think they're missing a trick with it, really. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it does go that way because it would be a lot easier. And yeah, hopefully that is the way that it's going to go in. But with the way they've been with this bloody app, and yeah, like even Warhammer Plus, I know we've always been whinging about Warhammer Plus, yeah. but everything they're doing digitally is mediocre yeah. at best. I'd love to see behind the scenes because I always feel like, you, I don't know, Games Workshop, because we're new to it and always sort of, I don't know, like the, the outside looking in is a sort of indie, not very mainstream thing. So you think, well, the people that make it, it's like a couple of people in a room, in a bedroom still making it. It's a fucking massive company. They have all this access to the tech and can do this stuff, but they're, they're doing it like they're just like us trying to make it. If it's, it's like if we developed an app for something we half-assed made up and went, we'll just play it how it is. But yeah, like you said, why isn't it so fucking streamlined that you can, we sat there for ages going, well, we know how to charge and we know how terrain works, but we're just trying to figure out exactly with this one unit, are we measuring the unit going through this tiny gap or can it walk over the terrain? And it took us ages to come up with it which is uh, which, which is baffling because the base was never going to fit through the gap but look at the no. model it could easily walk over this 1.3 inch lump it was like, we, were just <laughs> trying to, we were just trying to do it properly and, and work it out because logic dictates this thing would have kicked that all over and walked through it but because it's uh, the, the the machine it was it's not breachable but it, and that's it and that's what <laughs> it's we not infantry but it wasn't clear to us at the time, oh. maybe looking back, it was like. Uh, but I think we we done the right thing, and there's I think a lot we, of, we looked at it and we worked it out, and we yeah. done. But there's a lot. There's so many rules that, depending how you're playing, you read it one way and you go, "Well, it's obvious." But then the opponent goes, huh, "I don't think so," because yeah. I read it like this. If if you were trying to get your blight hauler through the exact same gap, I would have done exactly what you done. Exactly, and it wasn't and, being a dick. It was because we were trying to record something yeah. properly. And I was like, I feel like looking at that unit, yes, it can. But looking at the base, no, it can't. Yeah. So where do we play? And that's what. And we got stuck. We we end up having like lunch while we were talking about it. And it's just and like, 
Why is that so fucking confusing? There, there <laughs> are things as well where, where depending on who you play and who you play against, you just simply say, right, the rule says the base can't move through it. Yeah. Um, the wall itself, when I remember looking at the pitch, the wall itself is 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 breach like that. You might have said that's breachable, but then it means it's only an infantry unit can breach it. That's yeah. fine. That's not an infantry unit, but it can go over because it's over whatever it was, so it's up and down. Yeah. But there will be people that will just say, "Well, look, this unit is a big fucking tank. That's a couple of barrels." Yeah. So narratively, we're just going to say it goes through. Yeah. And that's between you and your opponent as well, because that's the other thing. It depends. You're not playing a tournament, so yeah. you you just need to. Sometimes you just sit there and go, you know, you can do that. You can do this. It all depends on the circumstance of what you what you agree together. Sometimes, like there will be times where you'll be like, "No, I I really don't want you to charge that." So no, <laughs> you can't get through that. And, and then it's a dice roll. Then it's a dice roll. Yeah, and and that and that's where we were. It was getting to the point. Where I was like, I was going to say, "Well, we'll roll for it," but it was just like, we should... in a game that's been all around for so long, why are you rolling for stuff that there should just be a rule to say, yeah. hey, "You can't fucking do it." Well, obviously, it was a tactical warsuit that was in between a load of fucking barrels. And a tactical warsuit wouldn't be allowed to go through the wall, yeah. but would be able to go over the barrels. So it's adding yeah. the inches to the barrel charge as long as it could fit in after the barrels between the yeah. two units. Which it, it could fit. And the thing is, it's one of those things, it's like... So we went, we end up going, add the two inches on. Yeah. So if he rolled a four or five, I'd have been laughing, but he rolled a fucking 11, so it didn't matter. It matter. <laughs> we, we went through it for all this time, and it was like, if he rolls like a six, I'm fine. He rolled an 11, so it was like, we went through it all, and I was like, for fuck's sake. I, I, I stuck <laughs> this in the mud for ages to try and save myself. Didn't. <laughs> but, that, but, that, but that's it. I, I think in that, you know, the, the rule, yeah, in the, the, it played exactly right. It's, yeah. he can't break down the wall to his left yeah. because it's not breachable and he's not infantry. He can go over the barrels, so it's adding to the charge and if yeah. you make the charge... It's like a game uh, played against Tom... I can't remember who we were playing. He had his biker units. Oh, it was Necron versus his uh, Imperial... Oh, was it Imperial? No, it was Blood Angels. And he had a biker unit. It was like, oh no, biker units are allowed to go through walls. No, they're not. Didn't matter. We played the game. Then afterwards, we we talked about it and said, "No, probably not." Wouldn't have changed the game. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. I was like, "Can they?" And he seemed so sure. I was like, "Okay, fair enough." And then we looked it up <laughs> afterwards, and it's like, "No, no, they can't." But right. you know, it's Unless part of learning the game. So, back, coming from Tommy loves Twilight on the last one, Tommy's a fucking cheat on this one, yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what I will tell you is, 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 you know, bikes cannot go through walls. <laughs> we've been trying to spin the narrative that you're the cheat, Dave, <laughs> just for a bit of fun. I don't know if you've been paying attention. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. Fuck it, Tom's a cheat today. He's not here to defend himself. When you're not here to defend yourself, you're a cheat. <laughs> yeah, hey, we've well. all, we've all, we've all done it. It, it's accidental. I never, I have, yeah, I no, have it's... never got anything wrong or misinterpreted <laughs> anything. <laughs> I think that's the thing. 
is it is just being a bit clueless about stuff and yeah. you don't some mean of it to is, do it there's malicious no. cheating and there's yeah and there's being oblivious yeah and yeah and i think that that is what i always claim to be is because i won't <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm, what, I'm what, what's fun. this I mean, litany go off on? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I can't move these while you're not looking? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, or well, on the last one, not earlier. A couple of weeks. Like, like I said a week ago, yeah. um, a minute for fun. And that's that's what I think everyone else is in, in this group, at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Games Workshop have a, a, a part to play in making it fun. And I think that they could streamline things and make it a lot clearer and um, user friendly. Hopefully, yeah. they go down that route. But um, yeah, I think I've, I don't disagree with any of the the points increases. Really, I think that overall, they they've looked at it. They I wouldn't say they know best. It's selling models, though, isn't they it? They do. Yeah, it, there is an element of that, but they're not going to do something to completely alienate things and ruin the game either. Still, yeah, they're still balancing the game that I need to factor Exactly, in. and like the points increase on Redemptor Dreadnoughts, it's going to stop the spam and it's going to affect people who are playing these meta lists that aren't run for fun anyway and yeah. it is the more competition list and if you want to go down that route then, then kudos to you, great. If that's how you and I play it, but the vast majority of people in this hobby do it for a laugh, and they won't uh, always run meta lists. I think they will games, run. I, I think GW. Sorry, Dave. I think GW want their tournaments to be narrative. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of these changes are made to make the tournaments narrative. Which, sorry, back to you, but that's the point with like the redemptor spam. Yeah, Is it, you're not going to have free dreadnoughts in in an army. And that's what, like, I, I almost, I do like the Redemptors, and I think they're cool units, but I refuse to run more than one Dreadnought in an army because you sort of, you, you just wouldn't really happen, would it? A Dreadnought's sort of mean you, you awake, in the law, at least from my understanding, you awaken them in a massive time of need. Mm. You're not going to suddenly go, actually, we've got 15 Dreadnoughts out in the back, get them all up. Collection them. Yeah. And, yeah, so... And uh, yeah, it just takes the fun away. I think the meta, the meta chasers are going to be really affected by this. And if that's the way you play, fair enough. But it's going to keep happening because you're only going after the win rather than anything else. I think for the vast majority of people who want to play different lists all the time um, and want to experiment and have fun and run funky lists and do something slightly different, it's just going to make them think in a slightly different way and make the game different i don't think it's going to make it any worse i don't think it's going to make it necessarily any better i think it's going to make it slightly different and like you say you may have to run a few less pox walkers but you can stick a better thing on the um um plague bus crawler or something like that do you mean so you can you you get something in return um so yeah I, i think the main problem with this is people who are running these really super competitive lists yeah. that are now pissed off. They spend a load of money and it's not going to work. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> buying like multi, yeah, multi-monster, multi-vehicle, you know, multi-dreadnought lists that they, that they need to give you. 
you look at the actual thing, it's 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 like the the points changes. Wow, well, the army list should be rule of cool. That's the way to go, right? Yeah. You know, what do you want to run? What's cool? If that makes sense, then then do it, and that's the way to do it. Obviously, when you you play, you, you still want to have a competitive list, but it's interesting. Like there are certain factions where they've just gone, we're going to reduce the points and everything like the Necrons, and I'm like yeah. looking at going, shit, I don't have enough models anymore. <laughs> and maybe they've done that to go like, you've got to buy more Necrons. Yeah. But like, it's, yeah, I think, I think it is, it is, it is a move to try and change those people that spat. And I think all of the, the, the uh, codex changes indicate that as well, is that GW doesn't want people spamming particular units like the towel railgun thing that's just come yeah. out they don't want people just turning up to a tournament with free whatever they are i can't remember the things but the hammerheads the hammerhead railguns they or, don't want or, yeah or a storm surge yeah they don't want three of those and a couple of riptides and then a load of crute running around in the front to make up the points difference mm-hmm. they want a balanced narrative list yeah it's difficult with tournaments because people are trying to win. They're not playing for the for the narrative element of it. So it's it's a balance that's gonna for us it doesn't matter. It'll be fine. We're not gonna, you know we're not gonna worry about it. Like if I turn up and I've got three shards of the satan or whatever. So one of you I'm not playing. Like you're gonna go, I'm not playing that. What what the fuck are you doing? I would because it's no fun. But yeah, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like I'm only going to run Crusader list now, like Assault Intercessors, and my Intercessors are going to be put into my Crusader squads to fill them so I don't have to buy any more Crusader squads. And um, yeah, and that's how I'm going to run it. I'm going to run Sword Brethren or, or possibly Blade Guard um, and, and a Dreadnought. Oh. That's, and uh, it's, it's a narrative list. Yeah. And yeah, I find that more interesting personally than three dreadnoughts and a primaris chaplain on a bike and I mean that's a that's a that's a one off so you can't keep doing that can you like you if you're gonna run it like if you go right you know what I fancy just trying it out see see how dominant it is if you did that every time where's the fun like people will stop playing yeah just like uh, yeah. what list you're gonna run Dave oh I'm running my uh <laughs> Punchy, punchy dreadnought uh, chaplain bike. Like, oh, uh, I'm busy with that now. Yeah, remember, remember that time <laughs> I just wiped off the table in turn two? Yeah, well, I'm going to do that again. Oh, <laughs> quick night then. Fine. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's a funny old game, isn't it? How they, uh, it's, it's so divisive. You can, And this is the thing you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Very true. Thank you. Thank the, you, Bob. That's where they're, they're stuck. And why won't they just please me all of the time? I'm some of the people. Pick me. <laughs> and, and and the other thing is, you got to fight social media because no matter what you do, you're a fucking you. You've lost already before you even announce it because people got their hopes up. Yeah. The idea of what they want. So you can't. You can't. Um, well, you say that, but the Black Templar release, I, oh, I got my hopes up. And <laughs> that went very well. Oh. <laughs> Glenn's not here to tell you to fuck off, so I will. <laughs> yeah, 
You're the anomaly. I don't know how you got away with that. But it's because they listen to this pod, don't they? And they go, actually, fucking hell, you're from Aldous. What could I do? But the Black Templars, law-wise, are cool as shit. So why yeah. not give them a cool as shit fucking codex? It's, yeah. it's OP as hell, but it's cool. So let, fuck it, let's do it. But, but is it OP? Because, yeah, like that. I mean, it's not over. The vow is really good. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah, big. No, it is good. Like that five up, the, the vows. Yeah. Like that five up, but you take away cover. Yeah. So on the way I, getting there. I, I think it's one of those things that it just said with with Space Marines, there is like flavor of the, not flavor of the month, but flavor of a period. Mm. Right? You know, back, back when I started, Space Wars was very much. That that was the thing. Uh, pre that, like if you looked at the original three chapters, this is back in the day before they they worked it all out. You had Blood Angels, Ultramarines, and Iron Fist. Uh, not Iron Fist, um, Imperial Fist. That they were the three. So you had red, yellow, and blue, mm-hmm. and that was where Space Crusade came in. So the first big broad game that everyone got involved with, and the. Uh, Second edition, so after Rogue Trader, uh, Rogue Trader, that was all Blood Angels. So they were, you could paint them whatever colour you'd want, but in the box they were painted Blood Angels. And they were your first three actual chapters that most people painted and understood lore-wise. And then stuff started coming out for all of the others, like Dark Angels, like Space Wolves, so on and so forth. Um so it was interesting how, how it's developed to have like Black Templars being as popular as they are because they didn't start as one of the originals. The way that Games Workshop actually built up all of those different lore, like lore elements and made it available to everyone to get there, it, it, was, it was quite impressive because, as I said, it, it, it didn't start that way. There were free, effectively three chapters that, that people built off. And there does seem to be like a chapter uh, legion flavor of the the the, the edition, shall we say? Yeah. So right now it's Black Templars. It will be interesting to see what happens in the next one. You get the feeling it could be something like White Scars or Salamence. Yeah, that'd be cool. Don't know which way it'll or, go. Or Black Templars again. That'd be even cooler. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether they'll give it the focus. I don't think you've got being your... honest. No, no. I think I'm being a bit over optimistic there, but it, well, it, say that... it probably won't be one of the core ones. That's the thing. Is like one of the founding chapters probably won't get it because the Black Templars, the one of the first the second the second pound in exactly that i can think of that's had this much focus so it will be like okay do they look beyond first founding to another second founding yeah it'll be something completely left field like um iron snake seems to be popular for books and they've got a couple of books haven't they um that came out and i see like on twitter twitter a lot of people come up it's just one of those things that always seems to trend is Iron yeah. Snakes in the Warhammer. I don't really know much too much about them. I think they're one of those chapters that's just out there doing its own thing. But it's just one of the names I always see pop up. Yeah. They did get a book not too long long ago. So maybe they'll just go with something completely random. It could be. Loved. Yeah. I doubt it, because where's the money in that? But 
Or will they go in, in terms of a, a different direction in terms of the Imperium? Like you look at a lot of the um, Astra Militarum Imperial Guard models, they've just got rid of all the Steel Legion ones, all yeah. of the, the different they're, ones. They're slimming is, it down, right? Is that in anticipation of going, fuck yeah, a load of new Imperium, Imperial Guard models? Load of new Steel Legion, yeah, load, uh, the new Creed for the kill team have just come out. It's just Hadia's a little, fallen. Um, they can have alternate sprues for the guard, didn't they? Yeah, but that's only for the, the Cadian sort of hit the spot that people wanted. But are they going to? I really like those, but mm. uh, yeah. So who knows? Who knows what GW do? Because someone's going to winch no matter what they do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's they can't, here, they can't be right. That's what I hear, yeah. We can never pot if we can't winch. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I'd like to see some new... I mean, I don't know, because um, I don't know what the Death Guard looked like a couple of years ago. I only know that the only... Obviously, they got Lord of Virulence was the new model for ninth. So, obviously, I don't know what was new before that. Like, so, how... so a lot of the Death Guard that you're you know, currently running are 8th edition. Yeah. Um, and new to 8th edition because oh, the 8th edition was um, Ultramarines versus Death Guard. Right. So, be, so I, I, I might have to do uh, just a little bit of digging. Like Probably a couple yeah. of Google searches would find out. I'd like to know what was new in 8th. Like what's the newer models? Um, just out of interest, really. I'm not, I'm, most of the Death Guard that you're currently running are new from 8th. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the whole Primaris was 8th. You know, all of that stuff was new. The Dark Imperium, all of that came yeah. from 8th edition. Pre 8th, it's all firstborn, old school. So, do you know what Death Guard looked like before that? Like, what, what was the. You didn't, you didn't have a lot. There weren't a lot of models. Like, yeah. that's what I mean. There, there, there wasn't the focus on factions in the same way that there has been. Okay. So, like, you had, like, you would have like upgrade sprues and stuff like that but the you know the filthy you know uh putrefying exploding yeah and pieces off terminates and stuff like that just didn't exist in the same way you would have the odd model yeah but there wasn't there wasn't like the range that is now okay there was no there was no blight hauler there was no bloat drone there was no uh all of the vehicles you've got, apart yeah. from the Rhino, none of that existed. Yeah. Oh wow, that'd be interesting to go like just to see that. So, so really, they could well and truly come out in the next edition with something completely new that's barely had anything. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Know. One, one of one of the resurgence, one of the reasons that the things like the Death Guard had a resurgence is because of that. That you know. You know that element of a new edition with yeah, all of these yes. new models before it didn't, it, you know, they were, uh, you know, you're part of the just chaos space Marines that has a Markov right, okay. as opposed to actually having these cool models that are built up. There was no, uh, there's no metal miniatures. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I say there are none, there are some, but nowhere near in the same way. Oh, wow. Maybe we get some uh, Emperor's Children. That'd be cool. well, I was going to say, is it, uh, again, if, if you look at Chaos Factions, other than Lucius, um, there's there's 
there's nothing specific for any of it. Really, mm. a lot of the chaos factions, corn, yes, because that's easy enough. You just yeah. can you can do that. Black Legion, yes. So Chaos Space Marines in general, yes. But actual, you know, you get Slanesh Noise Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing well, much not else. So many, is there? No. Like, Maybe that's not... next then. That'd be cool. But I've heard a lot of rumours regarding the um, Return of Primarchs as well. So maybe we'll have steady on Dave. <laughs> Lionel Johnson. But no, but obviously we could go down that route. Well he's Are he's, we gonna, he's, he's, Mortarian? he's, he's apparently have, the next are one. Are we gonna have Fulgrim? Are we gonna have is it Angron as well? Is it about? So Angron um, so Angron already exists. He's not dead. So they could no, bring him it, back. Is he a model? Uh no, but they could no, they could so make yeah. him a model. So Angron, Fulgrim, um, Lionel Johnson, um, Who's the other one from it's, it's Chaos One? I can't remember his name. Uh, Perturado. Him as well. That was the, that the, one. Yeah, <laughs> the. Uh, yes, that's iron, the one. Iron Fist. <laughs> no, Iron Hand. Iron Hand. Yeah. But. So, are, are we going to have a new Primark and then a whole new range? Following that, I heard uh, Ferris Manor's got his head put back on. So he's coming back. <laughs> to say, to, I've, Spoilers. I've, I've, I've heard the uh, the discussion of this, and, and part of it is it, it's nice to have those models, and that's, that's you know it's good. But it also actually moves the law forward. Um, mm. Now, for a long, long time, yeah. the law was very static. It's what you made it. There was no progression. Once you start progressing, you then have to have, you know, have to have a narrative. You have to have a narrative that has to move forward. You have to have an endpoint, yeah. and that that in itself can also be a bit problematic. But is that the way it's going to go? Is that going to be a load of new primarchs? Are we going to have the new, the new heresy? Well, the... well, we might get to what's happened with. The old world and age of Sigma, which I, I I would not like to see happen, which is where by they they take you take the old world, you take Warhammer as it used to be, um, and the Necrons press the delete button. <laughs> no, well, I mean not not forty k, but yeah, like back with the elves and all of the undead and stuff like that, and they they had the age of chaos, and then suddenly the end times came, and then you've got age of Sigma, and then all of the old models that you had. You can't use anymore. All of that, the waste of time, and you know, which is what all of the old world players kicked off about. Mm-hmm. Are they going to do that for 40k? Are we going to get to a point where they go right now? We get to the end times, and Abaddon is going to crash uh, Black Fortress into terror, and it all explodes, and we're all going to be on our knees crying to our codexes because it's now 40k Age of Abaddon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stone Age, forty k Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> we're at, we're at the beck and beck and whim of the the GW gods. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that would be at this point in this economy, it would be suicide to do something <laughs> stupid like that. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> they're, yeah. they're listening, so we'll, we'll we'll know. Yeah, don't do that, GW. <laughs> at least let us finish the fucking Imperium magazine, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, just completely racing? Halfway through. <laughs> oh, by the way, 
Oh my god, that'd be insane. Forty k Age of Abaddon, new rule set, new miniatures. The thing that that scares me most about that is then going to my missus and then going. By the way, I need to spend <laughs> a lot of money all this. All this not worth anything anymore. Uh, no, display <laughs> case. I want to get. It's not, yeah, that's all going to go in there. It's not coming back out. Um, yeah, that would be a, a really hard conversation, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh God, that, that's the, that's nightmare fuel. Yeah, well, good luck to us all when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Start practicing now. <laughs> Why did we say it out loud? You know they're listening. You know they're going to do this to us now. Oh. Yeah, someone from GW is just like, write that down. <laughs> I told you. I told you we were going to do it. Yeah. They, they said it. it. Quick, go. They said it on YouTube. They must want it. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? I think that's that's a, yeah, it's a jolly old pod. That one. No, yeah, it's good, a good jolly, conversation. <laughs> we, that's that's the title. A jolly old pod. Jolly old pod. I think we just need to get rid of Glenn and uh, Tom. <laughs> we're away. Get rid of them cheaters. <laughs> oh well, let's hope that. Our models aren't completely fucking worthless by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and we'll leave you with that thought. And we'll, uh, well, I mean, my, my models are worthless today, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will not only exterminate the pod, we'll exterminate all your fun little toys. Uh, and we'll see you again when we're all poor and we're starting new armies. See you later. Bye-bye. As always, we would like to thank you for listening to our Iron and Ceramite podcast. If you liked us, then you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and any other good podcast services. Just remember, in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. All right. Should we do the usual toilet break and then... Re- yes. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Oh, right. oh no. All right, well, we're, we're on a roll. I'll, I'll, I'll intro it. We'll just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs>